Hello, and welcome to another episode of VR Download, a weekly show where we discuss industry news and all the fun stuff that you, our audience, want to hear about. Hi, I'm your host, Kyle. Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here in Arkansas. I've just been to California, where I've been messing with the Ray-Ban glasses and played on a full tennis court, Quest Arena, this weekend. It's great. Nice. I'm David Heaney. As we were talking about our lineup for today of the wonderful news pieces that we're going to bring to you, Ian says, oh, wait, I just put out an article about something fun, something that <laughs> is very near and dear to many of our hearts, uh, some updates to virtual desktop. So, Ian, do, 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 late breaking news. <laughs> what do we yeah, got? Yeah, so uh, Guy Godin, the creator of virtual desktop, he's right there in our If you're a virtual desktop user, say hi, ask him questions. I will read them out to him if it's a useful one. So virtual desktop got an update this morning. Basically, if you've got a 120 hertz monitor for your PC, you can stream flat screen games to your Quest at 120 hertz now. That's actually a compelling on your roof monitor now you can have for your flat screen games at 120 hertz. The virtual desktop had a the they were first with 120 hertz wireless support for VR games of course earlier this year. They beat Airlink, Godin beat Airlink to supporting that. And then there's been other features that Godin has added to virtual desktop this year, including what is it? Synchronous space warp, I think is what it's called to produce a, to, to run more comfortably higher end experiences mm -hmm. and still have it look great on the quest wirelessly. The new videos, there's a new videos tab as well. So the, the 120 Hertz is a big thing to me, but most people will also get pretty excited for this videos feature where you can download locally your uh, videos that are stored on your PC and play things that way, a much smoother way going forward. That's something that Quest has been desperate for. I want to ask a question about that, Ian, or maybe even Gee, maybe you're the right person because you wrote this. So let's say I have uh, a side-by-side -side video. It's 4.6 gigabytes and it's sitting local on my virtual desktop computer that I stream from. Does it dump the whole 4.6 gig onto my headset or does it stream at a small amount each time? Is there a bit rate? What, what are some of the details? Do we even know? Yeah, uh, if he, yeah, that's a great question. And uh, there was mention in the, the release notes that they will do some stuff on the fly, just encoding on the fly from your PC to your Quest. But I'm really curious. I've got files I would love to throw at this, and I, I haven't had a chance. We had access to, chest, to, to test this out early, and it's been so busy. It's been kind of crazy. We haven't had a chance to actually give it a go yet. Mm -hmm. But this, these are big updates to like a cornerstone utility lots of people love airlink it's working out great for people but for virtual desktop out there these are going to be some great utility features so it looks like gee answered yes side-by-side -side stereo will work that's awesome if the video exceeds 70 megabits per second it will get re-encoded on the fly so if you have a because i happen to own the physical copy of a 3d blu-ray movie and i have encoded it myself onto my computer for consumption of my headset have i hit all the good spots there ian okay so i want to stream that now <laughs> to my headset if it's six gig gigabytes of, of data so it'll stream i wonder if it's sitting is it sitting in like some sort of cache 
am I going to have to clear my virtual desktop cache or does that kind of just go off into the ether? Will it re- is it like working like Plex? You know yeah, what I mean? What's the limit? Here yeah. What, like how what, much what, you can, cause there's people with lots of very big libraries. So I definitely yeah. understand. Yeah. I, I, if you can share any light on that mm-hmm. key, that would be, that would help us understand what the limits are. Cause people are going to try to push this, I think immediately. And he mentioned in the comments here that some of this stuff is configurable in the future, but right now there's that 70, what do you say? 70 megabits per second re-encoding limit, right? That's cool. It's going to be good. It just stays in memory and gets discarded as it plays. Gee, that is that all the answers. Thank you, Gee. You're always uh, welcome in this chat and to speak your opinion and answer these questions. This is fantastic, and I'm sure the rest of the chat group, the rest of the audience, really appreciate you being here. So, kudos to you. See, now I'm glad we added that at the last minute. That was really good. A lot of questions got answered. Now I know what I'm doing tonight is I'm going to be streaming. Who knows? I've got Ready Player One. I've got some Marvel movies, well, uh, all so, legally owned. So I guess I'll add here, maybe I'll, I'll do a pitch here, that if you've got virtual desktop back at home, he's saying it doesn't use the storage on your Quest unless you click download. One of the features uh, that you can do is you can paste a link on your PC, a YouTube link, and have that come up on your Quest. And that's... Uh, I'm gee, I, I still haven't tried that. If you want to really explain how that works, but I'm curious how if I wanted to watch this show in virtual desktop, could is it as simple as just pasting the link to this video on virtual de- on virtual desktop on your PC? And boom, it's available for me to watch on Quest pretty easily. The bigger question is that how much overhead would it be for Heaney to add stereo? 360 or even 180 cameras into the studio to be able to exclusively consume this show (laughs) through virtual desktop. Oh man. See now I'm thinking hard. I don't know. Heaney's going, Oh man, Kyle, why are you keep coming up with this stuff? But that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Copy a YouTube URL in your browser, then click paste URL in the videos tab. And that's it. Brilliant. See? He's sharing his clipboard across the metaverse. <laughs> Guy Godin has created, has invented right here on this show, right now, <laughs> exclusively the metaverse clipboard. Oh no. It's been invented. It can't be it can't be, yeah, it can't be patented by Facebook or Microsoft right. now. It's right. It's been proven to be a thing by Guy <sighs> Godin. All right. So you see here first references yep. in the future. Uh-huh. It, it's public knowledge. There's public, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. Thank you, Guy. Again, always a pleasure to have you here. All right, Ian, should we dig into some other news? Because we've got some fun stuff for you as we uh, will continue to play the clip up here of a virtual desktop, (laughs) the free rotating commercial here. (laughs) All right. Our first big piece of news, Andrew Bosworth. Boz to the metaverse community is going to take over as Facebook's CTO in 2022. Let's see, it looks like uh, Facebook VP of ARVR Andrew Bosworth will take over as Facebook CTO after current CTO Mike Schrepfer announced plans to step down sometime next year and to become 
one of the fellowship. I'm not really sure. <laughs> the fellowship. Yeah, that's a, just guiding yeah. on the journey. I don't know. Why isn't Carmack a fellow? What is a fellow? I don't understand. It sounds like a title that would fit Carmack. Did he just not care to? I assume when Carmack becomes a little less involved, he'll probably become a fellow. It's interesting why didn't that? It does seem it would be a better title than consulting CTO, whatever exactly that's supposed to mean. Bosworth explained like it, it was a reference to uh, Sherlock Holmes at some point. That's what uh, Sherlock Holmes was for various crimes. For Scotland Yard, he was just yeah. a fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. Okay, so what do we what do we think about this? Obviously, to us in the VR community, Boz has always just been Boz of the VR group, and now it's something a little bit bigger. I, I made this joke on Twitter. I'll just throw this out there that like Zuckerberg sat for an interview with uh, a news reporter out there in horizon and they recorded some real life footage as well as their horizon perspective footage with cameras set up in there and i I made this joke on twitter we've got an empty seat in our studio waiting for one of these people to join us for an interview at some point to talk about some of the hard questions we have about ar vr metaverse all this stuff and there's a lot of commentary today basically if you're listening to this on the recorded podcast what happened was they they announced they're gonna i think donate some money to some research projects into the ethics surrounding all of this usage of the metaverse as they call it so we've got uh the reason i bring all that up is we actually sat down with bosworth pretty recently in horizon and got some quotes from him on our website for the first time. We were able to pose some questions one-to-one in an on-the-record way with the future CTO of Facebook. And that's as close as we've gotten to the word of Mark Zuckerberg as as we've been able to get. We've had Jason Rubin offer very clear comments in the past on Oculus's vision and its direction with games. And they've uh, PR has been always talking to us about answering our questions whenever they can. There's obviously we get lots and lots of no comments, but we need to have people like Bosworth and Zuckerberg answer for how these technologies are going to be used and, and being able to be accessible in workrooms, Horizon, and hopefully in the studio eventually is something that will happen. But it, Bosworth there, I've seen it suggested that he would be on a short list for, I think, succeeding Zuckerberg himself as CEO of the company if Zuckerberg wanted to go to Mars or something. You really think so? I think, yeah, hmm. I, I think he's got, he's, he's doing so much publicly. He's leading the way. Uh, Zuckerberg himself is trying to do this more public facing image thing where he's posting to his personal feed. He's being more in the comments of sort of his own posts, making more frequent posts, uh, showing you, even with the Ray-Ban sunglasses, they're trying to promote that they're just uh, average Joes to, to some extent, but they're also accessible, like I think is what they're trying to give this the sense of. Bosworth doing these AMAs all the time on Instagram is answering a lot of people's questions. So like he is like out there answering questions, but that's that sort of choosing which questions you want to answer is not the same as being pressed to answer questions that maybe you don't want to talk about or, or maybe you need time to do follow-ups on. And that's what we would love to have these people in our studio in the future or have more interviews in Horizon. Workrooms was a great platform for that whole briefing about announcing their workrooms 
product. And it's a great platform for interviews. So hopefully we'll be talking to the future CTO of Facebook more often. Ian, what would, how would you feel if Andrew Bosworth said, I will come and be on the show, but I'll only allow Kyle to interview me. Would your head explode? Maybe. You- yeah. He could, you guys <laughs> could both get on under my skin quite. You could just, you may, I'll be in the comments asking my questions. You can go ahead and screen them for him. If, if he doesn't want to answer my questions in the comments, and you don't want to read to them, ask those questions of Bosworth. And no, I have some hard questions for Boz. I think he needs to answer. Like, if you could be any flavor of ice cream, what would you be and why? That that sort of thing. Did you agree <laughs> with who won last year's The Voice? These are hard questions that I would like to ask him. <laughs> James here in the comments is saying that Boz has a good podcast. Ian, yeah, how come to the you future? Are, yeah, yeah how come you are not a guest on his podcast? Oh, yeah. He can ask you well, questions. That's right. He can ask you questions. That's, that was the subject of his first podcast was debating who's doing the who's doing the interviewing here. Yeah. Um, so, Ian, if you could be any flavor of ice cream, what would you be and why? Uh, no. Rocky Road or birthday cake? I don't know. Was, oh, no, chocolate. Oh, Rocky Road. Oh, that's nuts. I didn't expect you to say that. So what else do we have to say about that? So I put this line in the, the I made sure this was in the story where we were talking about it. It's just. He's, he's tasked with making sure that the future generations of Facebook eyewear are, I, I think I heard the word best in class being uttered by Zuckerberg in the Ray-Bans announcement. So like he's, he's going to be tasked with delivering on, you know, this bet that Zuckerberg has been planning for a decade now, almost a decade. And so he's got to deliver. And so he's the person to answer for whether this metaverse comes together exactly. Zuckerberg has been hoping it will be in Facebook's favor. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Heaney, what do you got? I was just going to say, I just think this signals the change of Facebook from a software company into a hardware company. The previous CTO at Shrepfer, as you said, who they, they call Shrep in the same way that they call Bosworth Boz, he was very focused on AI on the software applications, such as trying to sort out harmful content with AI. But Bosworth, as you say, for years now has been in charge of Facebook's hardware division, both VR and the, the portal video calling devices. So... You can see if Zuckerberg's putting him into CTO while not actually taking away his hardware responsibilities, I think that sends a very clear signal as to what kind of company Facebook wants to become over the next few years. You're raising an interesting point here. You said if Zuckerberg put him in the CTO position, was that Mark Zuckerberg's? I'm sorry, Zuck, as they call him at the office. Is that his decision to make him CTO or was it the board? Zuckerberg is uh, unique in of all of these tech companies in that he has a controlling ownership of Facebook. He is essentially in charge of Facebook. And as far as we know, and as far as all of Facebook's announcements in the past and from the books I've read where journalists explore Facebook on the inside, Zuckerberg is the one that makes all the decisions like this. Okay. All right. So they're going to be Shrep and Boz. Yeah. They all have fun little nicknames. All right. So... The embargo lifted on the game release date, right? We can at least talk about that. We don't need to get into it, but I'm just confirming here that they've already announced the some of their biggest things ahead of Connect, in my opinion. So we're going to have Connect here coming up in a couple of weeks, and what are the, they're going to have? What announcements are we in for? Because I feel like we're on the verge of an Apple rumor hysteria. That is our next topic. 
Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's I guess let's move on to that. Because well, I know what you're saying, Ian, is if they're doing all these fun little announcements now, what's left for Connect? And it could be that Our final topic. <laughs> maybe there is all sorts of crazy stuff for Connect. So yeah, so stay tuned because number five may shock you. I don't know. All right, let's get into the next piece of news though, because we're uh, all right. We're going to talk about this yet again. Apple AR VR headset to launch second half of 2022 question mark Taiwanese news outlet Digitimes or Digi Times. Anyway, Digitimes claims Apple's rumored AR VR headset will enter production enter production Q2 of 2022 and launch in the second half of the year. Is this a rumor mill? Or are we reporting alleged, supposed, actual news? How long have we been talking about this Apple AR VR headset that right now is starting to feel very Duke Nukem Forever-ish to me? Yeah, so for years there's been talk of Apple's headsets, of course, from from rumor mills, but it's only recently in the past 18 months that we've started to see reliable sources report on it. So we had the information has reported on this 2022 launch year Bloomberg has reported on it. Ming Chi Kuo, who is an Apple leaker usually and provides predictions about Apple's product plans sometimes years in advance and has a very good rating for it, has predicted it. And so now we have Digitimes, who are very close to supply chain sources in Taiwan, where most of the world's chips are actually produced, is saying that their supply chain sources tell them that this headset is in the second phase of prototype testing. It is entering mass production in the second quarter of next year, and it is planned for a launch later in the year. Now, as you say, this isn't confirmed. Apple has not in any way announced the VR headset, but over the past 18 months, we've gotten this picture of a headset from all of these sources that sounds fairly consistent in that we're talking about something that has color cameras for very high quality pass-through, which will be used for mixed reality. We haven't heard anything about gaming-like controllers, but the information did report that Apple is working on their own controller, which may kind of slot onto your fingers. So the the details that we've heard on pricing, Ming-Chi Kuo predicted around $1,000. But one of the interesting things in this report, the other thing that they're reporting other than their expected production time and launch year, is that they say high component costs may drive the price up to $2,000 or above. And they say that this is partially related to the fact that the frame is made from a high-strength, lightweight magnesium alloy containing rare earth elements, and they suggest that it may weigh as little as 100 grams. And Ming-Chi Kuo, in a report a few months ago, suggested that the headset will weigh somewhere between 100 and 300 grams. Now, that's very notable to me because the Quest 2 that we're wearing now is 550 grams. So we're talking about a product that, while the rumors suggest will be priced high, the rumors also suggest could be extremely lightweight and comfortable, more so than anything we've actually seen to date. Man, it sounds like a fantastic piece of kit, but we still don't have a real picture of what this will look like I, I, what do we know definitively like we don't know anything 
definitively. There's nothing that has been confirmed by Apple. There's nothing that has been announced by Apple. There's nothing that's even been suggested by Apple. Well, Tim, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, no, go ahead. Segway. You, I cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Yeah, you do the thing. Tim Apple, Tim Cook, has uh, said that he's really uh, bullish on AR and that he's their number one fan. He is AR's number one fan. Now, I don't really – is this just another – Apple claiming to be first thing, or I don't know. But yeah, take the lead, Ian, from there. Yeah, I don't have it in my notes here, the exact quote. Ahini, hopefully, maybe you can find the quote if you can pull it up. But he's been commenting on AR for quite a long time. So he's Mm -hmm. seen AR being this uh, very profound thing. And I, I think that might be the word that he used in discussing it was profound. And I'm seeing some people in the comments talking about this. Where was it? There was the first person to comment this, that, that Apple waits till it's ready. ready. Yeah, so uh, bicycle. I feel like Apple just doesn't announce, talk about, acknowledge big hardware like this till it's ready. And we listen very closely to the words coming from out of the mouths of these CEOs because it it changes over time. They speak vaguely, they speak positively or negatively, like in vague ways about various things. But Cook's language in talking about AR now and the way he's talking about it now suggests he has a product in mind to me. That's, I think, the switch over in my... It, it, the, the, he's so confident in how profound AR is going to be, it sounds to me like he's actually pretty ready for what's coming. And I think that's the message I take away from his most recent kind of, I believe in AR type thing. Yeah, He, so went, he went another step and said something that I, yes, he's number one fan and he thinks it's a profound technology and all of that. But actually the most valuable part of what he said recently was, is that AR is going to be one of those technologies that we can't imagine that we ever lived in a world without it. And that sounds very similar to the way that Steve Jobs used to talk about the iPhone. And in, in that same, it, it, it's a, it's an evolution. It's a revolution. It's yeah. It, it's become yeah, Steve, part of our world. I think about this. Steve Jobs very uh, famously compared computers to a bicycle for your mind. It's a simple machine that makes humans way more efficient than they ever were before. And I'm curious to see if AR, like, what's the analogy for AR? Like, it's such a new paradigm in computing that it's going to help you do more, but because you're doing more or because you're doing different things, what things are you going to stop doing? And that's how like significant it will be. It's going to be such a significant change to everything. And I think the rumor mill is just kicking into overdrive now. It really is. And I think Facebook is going to be there with the rumor mill doing its own thing on Facebook's side. And then, of course, we've got Microsoft. I, I can't, you can never forget Microsoft, which has two generations of standalone AR headset, as well as this massive military contract to develop this technology when are they going to announce yeah it's notable i think microsoft may not actually enter the consumer if you look at the sheer size of those contracts they're getting in enterprise and with the u.s army as you say and and the u.s army contract is actually so large that they built a, a third generation of hololens for it specifically for that one contract they're making more money off that one contract than the entire rest of the ar hardware industry is making off everything combined and probably 
a lot of the VR industry as well. So I think if you look at their strengths in enterprise, it's questionable whether Microsoft will bother to compete with the likes of Apple and Facebook and potentially Google and Amazon going forward. What will end up happening is that Microsoft will let the the HoloLens technology mature in its enterprise form and figure out all the kinks and bugs and figure out how to microtize it and all those other weird gibberish words to, till they come out with something that can be consumer ready that's already been tested and vetted out on the literal field and and then they can bring it in and bring it home a lot of consumer technologies start out as military application that slowly gets adopted into consumer use so maybe hololens is just the new gps or so, the new picket technology there's plenty of things out there so this i i think about this a lot where at some point the that the creators of these headsets, if, if you go down a checklist of what features it needs to have in order to be a mass market device, like the, it's a very clear like checklist that mostly has been outlined by Abrash at the various Oculus Connects. So he's a, a wear all day piece of eyewear needs to weigh this amount. And that's one aspect of what these glasses need to do it they need to not put out more than x amount of heat onto the face in a certain amount of time otherwise they're going to be too hot and get uncomfortable there's that list goes on and on of all these things these ar headsets need to have in order to access tens of millions of people and i think just apple and facebook drew the line at different spots of where they thought was acceptable and exactly how they wanted to profit from the hardware they're actually selling. So because Facebook doesn't necessarily need to get a profit on hardware, they want to get as many people as they can into the headsets. They want to be out there early with this this technology, whereas Apple could have drew the line on that checklist at just, we want color cameras. We think if you put out a headset without color cameras, you're taking a step backward. And maybe that was where they drew the line. But maybe there's a combo of maybe two or three of those that they're just like, that. Th- these are the things we think are necessary to make this a good experience. And the other one I was thinking about is the Space Sense technology that's been leaked where mm-hmm. you'll look yeah. around and be able to be alerted when someone walks into your space. Being able to sit down on your couch and having your headset recognize that it's a couch Like, that shouldn't have to be a manual thing you go and do every time. Your headset should know where your seats are, and they should know if they're clear of animals, things, or people. And I I can easily imagine an executive looking at a headset without those features and going, we've got to get that ready. Yeah, it's actually interesting that Basti564, we'll talk about this later when we talk about the Quest Pro Lakes, but ju- just as you said, that is actually one of the features Basti564 find references to in the Oculus firmware that could be part of Quest Pro, that ability to detect furniture without having to manually mark it out. So it'll be really interesting to see if that happens. To just to circle back on the Microsoft thing, I don't question that Microsoft can make good consumer hardware. We've seen them do that with Surface. But chipping a consumer product on a consumer platform is a lot more than the hardware. And we just we haven't seen Microsoft build new software that appeals to consumers in how when was the last time they have. Pretty much all of Microsoft's consumer efforts have failed, and we've seen the company just pivot further and further into enterprise and make more money than some of a lot of their competitors. You know, Microsoft 
briefly became a trillion dollar company and almost all of their growth is in enterprise. So I think that's where they'll continue to focus. When, when you look at what Apple and I guess in this sense, in the metaverse sense, Facebook, they're trying to create a confidence and a reliance from the from their customer base on the ecosystem. It, it, it's a reliance on the ecosystem. It's almost like a loyalty type of thing. And so many people use Facebook stuff that when they hear Facebook name on a piece of hardware, <coughs> Facebook phone, <coughs> except for that, there, there's an opportunity for Apple to wait and have that immediate confidence, that buy-in from their fan base. Microsoft has never really gotten that, I don't think. I've never felt like, oh, it's a Microsoft product, so I'm going to go buy it. Hey, look at my Surface tablet. No, I'm not doing that. I Maybe there are people out there, but I think it's a smaller base. So well, Microsoft found their customer base in enterprise, in the military, in these big contracts. That's where they get the confidence. All right, so let me just throw this out there that like, yeah, Microsoft has been sitting out the VR race so far, right? If they did mixed reality and they walked away from it and they let Steam have its day. But OpenXR is supported there. They're completely OpenXR across the board. And they can have a lot of weight if in implementing OpenXR in a headset. I think what Quest proves to these makers is that you got to have standalone and then build from there. And I'm curious how many years it's going to take Sony and Microsoft to get there. So PSVR 2, we know it's a wired experience, and it's not going to be there yet. But Microsoft, if they could do a standalone that connected to an Xbox for your Xbox Games Pass, and for whatever VR things can actually run on an Xbox, a new generation Xbox. And then you use the, the frame interpolation stuff. The, you do some of that to get to the frame rate you want on an Xbox standalone. And you've got what a Quest plus Xbox Games Pass. And that's actually a pretty compelling package if you go back full circle with what we're talking about at the top of this hour with virtual desktop getting 120 hertz support for flat screen games if you've got a head from microsoft that will let you watch a game on your ceiling and play a game on your ceiling on a hundred inch screen and it's part of your xbox games pass subscription that's a pretty darn compelling thing compared to what quest offers i think it's interesting that you bring up the requirement from standalone because the last article or sorry the last report we saw about apple's headset just before this new report suggesting that it's entering production and launching next year was that it will require a iphone ipad or a mac to use and beforehand all of the reporting had indicated that apple's headset would be a standalone like quest and some even suggested it would have the m1 chip from the new macbooks although i was always skeptical of that claim because it seems that the battery life on something like that or the, the thermals would be pretty much impossible to get into a lightweight headset. But we've seen the information report just this month that it will require one of those other Apple devices. Now, there was no information, there was no detail on exactly what require means, on exactly how this would work, but the report suggested that the headset would have a processor that's actually weaker than what's found in an iPhone, but has a special uh, section on it 
for more effectively decoding wireless video streams. So it looks like it's possible that either the, the rumors until now have been slightly wrong about Apple's headset or that Apple has perhaps changed its headset to work more like virtual desktop and Oculus Airlink, but with specialized hardware than actually a standalone Quest 2 in standalone mode. Now, Apple can obviously do that because it has a large volume of existing iPhone, iPad, and Mac devices out there. It has full control of the hardware and the software on those. But I have to say, I'm very interested to see exactly how that will materialize and whether that will impact the user experience at all. It changes that product, the Apple headset, from being a standalone, as we were talking, from a product itself to becoming basically an accessory. And I don't want an accessory headset. I want, okay, let's be real here. PSVR is an accessory. It does nothing without a PlayStation. But that's okay because it knows what it's supposed to be. It knows what it's trying to be. It's not trying to be anything else. But to make this Apple headset be an accessory, I think is going to be a bad idea that's just my opinion but oh man i don't know yeah and here mx morningstar a two thousand dollar accessory isn't going to fly thank you yes that's exactly what i'm saying this is the debate yeah heaney and i had like a lot of back and forth on that report because it seemed the wording seemed vague enough at least to me that it could it, it left the door open to something like the connection between a quest and an iPhone as being the same kind of connection that's required between this headset and, and an iPhone. So like being able to offload your captures if you took photos with the thing or to hand off calls, but which is what is I happening would... with the Ray-Bans. Sorry, go ahead. I, I just got to say, I definitely disagree with that. The report was the report's claim was very clear that it, it said it's going to have a weaker processor than an iPhone and advanced wireless compression technologies that that wouldn't be for something like sharing screenshots the the implication there is very clear that they're saying that this is going to be something that streams the content directly from the device but to me that makes sense because how else is this thing going to be 100 to 300 grams even with an advanced magnesium alloy that how are they going to put in a chip and a cooling uh, cooling to actually run high experiences for ours and something that weighs that little Maybe they can do it, and and maybe Apple is is great at actually building that kind of product. But if you look at all these reports together, it does seem to suggest that Apple is going to offload to their other devices. Though maybe there is a standalone mode. Maybe the more simple media applications, like playing a virtual YouTube screen in front of you, can be done in the headset. But it's hard to imagine how a headset like that is going to run multi-R high fidelity experiences if the reports claim about the chip is true. Just to wrap things up a bit here, the easy way for them to be able to do this is to wait another five years and have all new technology come out in order for them to be able to do all these fun things that they are claiming to do. And as a little suffix to all of this, I spent the better part of six months staring at a very squared off Apple Watch that looked just like the iPhone 12 in its design. And being told by the whole internet that this is what to expect from the new Apple Watch. And then when they did announce the new Apple Watch, none of that was right. So all of these rumors have to be taken with a huge, monstrous chunk of salt. So I'm just going to leave that. 
right there. Somebody is saying that my glasses are flickering. Is that, are they, are my, are they flickering to you guys as well? To me, yeah. Yeah. They look solid to me, but they uh, just disappear sometimes when they come back. Oh, that's because they're so lightweight. Special magnesium alloy. Anyway, okay. Let's move on because I saw a couple people were excited to hear about this. So let's talk about it. Redesigned Decagear controllers. Decagear just revealed redesigned controllers for its upcoming PC VR headset. I am actually excited because that is an odd shape, size, design. Ian, do yeah, do I we... want to see them up on the screen. Are we? We're yeah, not able we're, we're going to try to. Yeah, these were unusual. We tried those ones. Remember that those ones we tried? I can't remember what they were called right now when we were at CES. Yeah, they were, were like those? the you oddest like shape ones. Yeah, yeah, they were the they were like, and they responded to your touch, so they could do some finger tracking. I, you gotta hold these things in your hand. Like I, I, I remember reading about the dual senses triggers and. Nothing again, nothing could compare to actually playing through that Astrobot game on the PS uh five with the trigger pushing back at you in different ways depending on the environment of the game. Yeah. And I like I can't there's no way to grasp the how different it is just by reading or looking at an image. So we can't actually put the image up. We're we're working on that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh simulate the shape with my hands using hand tracking of the new de- what are they deca move deca gear move controllers i forget what the but if you basically just put your hands together like this and, and let me move over here so that way there so they have these dendrils that kind of stick out there you go like 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 that and then for those of you on the podcast audio only i apologize for you not being able to see this ridiculous thing that i'm doing it's some sort of metaverse gang sign here yeah oh no okay we have a picture up but that's the so their old design looked like basically that the the index controllers the uh, yeah go ahead the picture is it just to let you know the picture is not showing up on the screen to the viewers that's what ah that's what okay doing. all right so the old controllers look like the the index controllers and the touch controllers had a baby together basically the old design and now the new one looks like that kind of holds this thing here my thumb sticking out i don't know ian the, the ones that we tried at ces or whatever ET. that was et i think is what it was called et like e-t-e-e maybe something like that et yeah something like that yeah i don't know how to say yeah. it. i don't know how to pronounce it Sorry. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> Onakazi. Did I inadvertently trigger multiple takedown flags? Well, we'll find out later if this is uh, naughty. Do we, Ian, you're the only one, I think, on the team that that actually has the index. Is that correct with the controllers? Oh, yeah. I think someone else who was previously with us and has moved on, another pair. Yeah. But yeah, I've got the index controllers. I'm, yeah. So talk to me about the novelty or the practical application of the touch and the finger movement other than and you're not allowed to reference half-life alex then go ahead is it cheating to talk about hand lab aperture hand lab yes then? that's absolutely uh, cheating yes oh man that's it I, that's the big the biggest thing i can come up with is like there's that and that's the only experience i can think of alex and and the other one aperture hand lab that really took incredible advantage of being able to crush cans, and even then, you don't even do it on your run through. Naturally, mm-hmm. you're too wor- you're too thinking about 
trying to survive and get through the map. Now uh, I to listen to take advantage of the things you could actually do with crushing our fingers. I listened to a large amount of people talk about how those controllers were going to be the savior of VR. I'm just curious how many other developers, and maybe there are some, I'm not saying that there aren't, but where are the other applications, games, uh, experiences that take advantage of that? Or no, I, is it a one-trick pony? You know, I think you nailed it where that's, you've got the whole breadth of the Oculus library. Just when you, when people complain about Quest killing PC VR or when they make that accusation that I'm not making here, I think it's like a, it's a very stupid one that we've pointed out in the past, just how it's growing PC VR in its own way. We talked about this previously with the iPhone. I did want to go full circle with this, but the Quest turned the PC into an accessory for uh, VR versus previous to that with the rift and all the other headsets of that generation the headset was an accessory to the pc the phone is an accessory to your quest as well and your standalone is going to be the path forward and all these headsets are making use of the devices around them in various ways and, and turning them into accessories people are asking uh about the cost and i don't remember uh what the cost For- was here $450 for the full kit, including the controllers, is Decahir's announced price. But we don't know if it's going to hit that, but that's what they claim. They claim $450. Yeah, I'm. Uh, do you think... I don't know. I, we have to try these things out. Yeah, that's the... the that's it. Yeah, it's, no, there's it's so important that we have that <laughs> on all these headsets because there's just so many years of uh, hardware from small players launching and just not being able to compete at this level because, yeah, there's just, yeah, there is so little hand controlled content over on uh, PC. And I'm, it's, I don't know, until the, there's a chicken and the egg problem there with hand controllers where, there, there needs to be more support across platforms for hand input. But the only way to really do it on a consumer level is with those index controllers or with the, the Quest hand tracking. And right now, OpenXR is held up on hand tracking, right? So it's, it's, yeah. it's going to take time for us to see more hand tracking things work across both platforms. And it's a bummer that we don't have it on PC yet. So you mentioned something I want to touch on because I think it's important. And it is this is a conversation that having been in the VR industry since the DK1 days and even before then, anytime you have hardware that does X, it doesn't matter whether it's a hand controller or a hip controller or feet controller or whatever, hardware that provides unique experience X can be amazing it can be cheap it can be robust and it can be profound and widely available but if there aren't developers who are willing to adopt that hardware and make it available in their game experience app whatever it's dead in the water look at all the pieces of hardware that ian between you and i and heaney i don't know if you've been able to have a chance to try out some of the weird unique hardware that we've seen at all these expos and shows there's plenty of stuff that i have tried and i'm like wow if this gets adopted this would be pretty cool 
and it didn't. And it disappears off into the ether, into the Metaverse graveyard there. Metaverse clipboard and Metaverse graveyard. Those are two things that we've coined on this show today. Mm. I, I don't know, Heaney, what, what do you think about that? I know I'm just going to completely agree with what you said there. It really is about developer support. But what drives developer support is, quite frankly, the number of people who have it. If 5% of your audience have the greatest VR controller ever, it really doesn't matter if you can't justify putting development time and cost into it. People sometimes talk about uh, lower cost hardware in a negative way. And of course, there are negatives to lower cost hardware and that corners have to be cut to get it to that cost. But in an industry that's so small and needs to grow, the, the fundamental fact about low-cost hardware is that it means that many more people are going to adopt that hardware. And what I would like to see Valve do in their next index controller or whatever their next project happens to be is start to focus not just on what is the best they could do, because we know they can produce this amazing, incredible hardware, but to seriously start to think about cost. Because if you look at the index controllers, for example, they're $280. That's a little bit shy of an entire Quest 2 with controllers. I would like to see Valve do something that's almost as good as the best they can do, but cut down a little bit so that people can afford it and it can get it out to enough people that developers can actually justify building for it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hardware-wise, I, I do not. Do we know if, if DECA gear is going to be like, is it going to be like a Kickstarter thing, like Lynx? There's another one that's out there in the ether waiting to see. Do we know? Is it just yeah. going to be available one day? It's a pre-order. The $450 is the pre-order price. And as with Lynx, where they've given their price, which was $499, they haven't, neither company has actually explicitly given a price for what it will be after pre-order. And uh, just to be clear, neither company has confirmed that the price will go up, but each company has very specifically said pre-order price. And we'll need to see over time whether they can sustainably have a healthy business off selling at that kind of price. Because if DECA gear can come in at $450, that's a really appealing price point for a headset that has HP Reverb G2 resolution and face tracking and these kind of index-like controllers. So that is an example of a company taking these ideas that Valve's had and bringing them down to lower cost. But we'll have to see if they can sustain that price point over time. Yeah, I just hope that adding the the finger controls and all that, that whatever value that added or cost that that added to the hardware, if they had come out at three ninety nine versus four fifty, I don't know. I don't know. With all this finger tracking talk, it's, it's going to be a bloody fight, bloody knuckles, right? Not, not knuckles, <laughs> not knuckles fight. Okay. Anyway. Uh, um, I, so I've, speaking of I've, ridiculous, I've, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, okay. I was, yeah, I was I, just going to say, I was using the Kiwi design grips on my touch controllers recently, and it's mm. nice to have the controllers that you can release. Just going to leave that note there that like when you've got that yeah. strap there to your hand and being able to let yeah. the controllers go from time yeah. to time. It's yeah. nice. So it's a $20 solution, not a $200 solution though. Yeah. So, Hey, what? Well, yeah, go ahead. But, yeah. I was just going to say that is before Index released, a lot of the talk was around the finger sensing, but as, as we've just discussed, that didn't really turn out too much. But what did turn out to be really innovative and what everyone was starting to copy and Valve brought out first is that throwing. And it really does change the game for throwing virtual objects when you can actually just let go of the controller. So that's something you know, I think we've called for in the past and will continue to. That throwing on an Index controller is just beyond any other VR controller. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I don't think anybody uh, disagrees with that. Oh, boy. All right. This last piece of news that we have for you today, it, it 
came to me in a dream. It did. I had this weird dream last night that all these amazing new leaks were coming out of Oculus Quest Pro information. And okay, so here's the news. Did the Oculus Quest Pro specs leak online? Apparent images of Quest Pro's controllers and alleged specs, I'm doing air quotes for you podcast people, for the headset were leaked online. They suggest a truly high-end product design to push the boundaries of VR and mixed reality. Ian, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think some of this might be hogwash. Yeah, so let's let Heaney walk us down the path of how this came out. Because, yeah, Heaney and I went back and forth in this. And while he's going off, I'm going to get an image to throw up on to Stevie the TV while he's, you can't. he's explaining. You can't. Stevie has... Oh, it's broken. Right, well, it's today, but not images. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Sorry. It's the Charlie meme. It's the, the Charlie doing the crazy hands, putting all the things together from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I wanted to throw that up on the TV. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, trying to so figure out which Charlie you were talking about. Charlie, Charlie the Chocolate from, Factory, yeah. Charlie Gordon. Yeah. Charlie. <sighs> yeah. So, Heaney, walk us through this uh, web of fun rumor mill components. All right, so for the past few months, we've started to see some evidence that Facebook is working on a new VR headset to the point where it is, references to it are present in the public Oculus firmware. So we, we put up an article last week, Quest Pro, everything we know, and that included the fact that YouTuber Basti564 has found a direct reference to the exact phrase Quest Pro and another Firmware Sleuth find references to face and eye tracking calibration steps, suggesting that whatever this new headset is could have face and eye tracking. Now, now this week is where things start to get really weird. So a Reddit user (laughs) by the name of Samulia posted low resolution (laughs) renders of what they called (laughs) Oculus C-Cliff controllers. Now, this, ne- this code name C-Cliff has actually been present in the Oculus firmware since mid-2020, and they show controllers that look very similar to the Oculus Touch controllers for Quest 2, except instead of that tracking ring on the top, there is no tracking ring, but instead you can see three cameras on the outside, two on the front and one on the top of the controller. Now, that suggests that this controller is tracking itself using these cameras for inside-out tracking in the same way that the headset tracks itself with cameras. So we didn't actually immediately report on this because just under this render was an Oculus employee on Reddit who said, just FYI that we do a lot of internal prototyping before we release final products. I have another quite different prototype. So that's the first grain of salt you need to add to this. But the really weird part was that some, the day before, Samulia posted a comment where he said he had a realistic and detailed dream about the exact display type and the exact models of camera sensors being used in the C-Cliff standalone headset. So he claimed that the display is a dual-cell LCD from BOE, which has the same resolution as Quest 2, but an advanced backlight with pixel-level control. And how this is supposed to work, based on reading about BOE, this display company's 
technology dual cell is that you have just one layer for color, like in a normal LCD, but behind it, another layer that can turn off and on pixels to reveal the backlight. So it's a cheap way to get the same contrast levels of OLED or at least similar, depending on how the technology works. They claim in the center, you have a 4K, 120 frame per second color camera for color pass-through and presumably mixed reality. And on the sides, you have a 1K near-infrared camera with laser constellation projection. So three cameras on the outside of the headset, not four, the current Quest and Quest 2. And the reason that the current Quest 2 has four in the first place is to get a really wide tracking range from the controllers. But remember, this person's claim, and we'll talk about later how this is likely much more than just a claim, is that the controllers are tracking themselves. So if they don't need that, then the headset itself can focus on what cameras are best for tracking its position and for hand tracking and for mixed reality. As well as these three exterior sensors, Samulia claimed that there are four sensors inside the headset. Two are used to track your eye and upper face and two below pointing towards your chin to track the bottom of your face and your lip movement. And so remember, we'd seen these references to face and eye tracking calibration. And just on, now just under this, that same Oculus employee on Reddit that claimed to have a very different prototype commented again to caution, aspirations and final products are sometimes different things. So all of this is just some crazy guy having a dream, you may think at first. however. Yesterday, Basti564, who is known for finding upcoming features in the Oculus firmware on many occasions, we've written multiple articles on his findings. Some of them have come true, and some of them could be future features. Posted a video backing up Simulia's claims with firmware findings, finding that the CM sensor configuration and down to the exact CM models of camera because remember Samulia's comment wasn't just saying it will have these specs he was posting the exact model of each sensor back to, now this suggests that either Samulia had insider knowledge or he's using the same firmware decompiling methodology as Basti but without revealing it Basti also found that Seacliff has two cooling fans which is up from one in Quest 2 and you have to remember Quest 2's primary CPU cores are actually underclocked Separately, there was a post on the image sharing website Imgur showing screenshots of a video call where someone was holding these controllers in their hand and they look identical to the render that was posted by Samulia. So we have a render of them, a screenshot of someone holding them up in a video call and an icon file within the firmware. Whether it's a real product that's going to ship, we don't know, but it's clearly a prototype that exists to the point where it is in the public Oculus firmware. That right there, I think, is the true statement that we know to be true, that this is something, that it does exist somewhere in some form, showing that this technology is being used in this way. But I EVTs have been floating around. I've got a pair of Oculus controllers that don't look like anything that were ever sold. Okay, uh, Prototypes go out there, engineering stuff. But the core to this, the truth movie inside the book, so to speak, is that, yes, they're using tracking technology on their newest controllers, whether it's for the Pro or some other version of the headset that's coming down the way. 
we know that they're putting cameras in controllers. We've have, we have enough proof to know that they're at least exploring that option. Whether or not this is, did we ever figure out which video chat app the, yeah, that like was? It's Facebook Workplace, which is Facebook's Slack and Microsoft Teams competitor. So either the person who was holding up these controllers in the screenshot was a Facebook employee or it was a company, uh, a developer, a VR developer, for example, that is using Facebook Workplace as their remote work solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because whether yeah, this is a leak intentionally or unintentionally, it had to have come from somebody either that, that has access to this hardware. Whether or not it's the final product, uh, I wouldn't be so certain of that. But the fact that somebody is out there showing, I've seen things, things sometimes, it's, and you don't talk about it, but things. Uh, who, who's going to get in trouble? Oh. Who's going to be on the Facebook naughty list? <laughs> because this guy, I want to know who it is that's getting, obviously you can't track a anonymous Reddit person or can you? The room in the screenshot is, is pretty distinct. So I'm, I'm sure whoever at Facebook is in charge of trying to stop leaks is aware of who it was. I don't think I think as long as they had ever, I, I, I don't imagine there are many of these prototype controllers that are out there. And if there aren't many that are being used by people who have Facebook Workplace, it's, I think most developers would be using Slack or Microsoft Teams or something like that. Facebook Workplace is not exactly the most popular amongst those solutions. So I'm sure they'll be able to trace this. To, but there are possibilities. This could have been, we don't know when this screenshot was taken. It could have been a year ago and only just emerged now. But what we do know is that the controllers in it look exactly like the render that was posted anonymously to Reddit before these screenshots came out and the icon file that is was found by Basti. And Basti says that these are actually referenced in the firmware as C-Cliff controllers. So, you know, that we've got the C-Cliff headset so, with all these specs and the C-Cliff controllers. So, Heaney, can we just jump to talking about what this means for price? Uh, I want to ask two questions about, do you think... Do you remember when the Quest 2 launched and the batteries last forever? And then I want to say there was an update and they last even longer. There was some kind of an improvement to the battery life beyond even what they launched with, as I recall. It was giving Quest 1 the same, ba- the same battery life technology. It extended the battery life of Quest 1's controllers uh, using the Quest so, 2 controller tech. That's interesting. So, so my yeah. question is, are those gains, which I think are attributable to machine learning progress are those gains what could make it feasible for you to put multiple camera sensors on a controller itself so i i think we can both remember on slack you were actually the first person to suggest that maybe quest pros controllers uh would have would track themselves inside out from their own cameras And I think obviously you must have seen it in a dream or something because my immediate reaction was that's not going to happen simply because the battery life of something like that would be hard to imagine to be long because it's something that has to process these three cameras on board and track its own position and report that back. It's a lot more effort than just flashing an LED pattern. We've seen products innovate like this before machine learning is making some pretty huge advances in the power efficiency of computer vision we're seeing smaller and smaller devices that are capable of this even the quest the oculus quest itself people didn't really think it was possible to do in a device of that size and as i've noted in our article if these c cliff controllers are real and they do ship they would be the smallest device to have self-contained 
ultra high precision positional tracking. So it would be a step forward. It would be something that people haven't been expected, but I'm still skeptical that these things will it's, have it's, any more than a few hours of battery. Life. If those, if they ditch the tracking ring, like it's also, it also makes those things puck competitors. Like you could really use them in a variety of ways beyond just controllers, attach them to lots of different things that, that tracking ring is a yes, you can attach things to it, but it's a pain for How attaching it to How disappointed is everybody going to be when you find out that those cameras are just so that way you can do Zoom calls while you're in VR? <laughs> what, what are you going mean, to do? No, someone in our comments did bring up the the potential that these cameras could feed full body tracking data back to the headset, theoretically. Maybe that's how they go outside in somehow. Or, or you put your thumb over top of the camera, and then it gets a copy of your thumbprint that can be used for Facebook being able to store your thumbprints. <laughs> Come on, Ian, put your tinfoil hat on and follow me down this no, road. You're, 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 all right, I, I'm not going to let you go. So earlier, you're like, you sometimes see things, you don't talk about them. It sounded like you were talking about aliens, and I got to ask you about aliens. I don't know. It, it was just the way you said that, it. It sounded like you are talking that's, about aliens. You're going to have to follow that podcast that I do secretly that nobody knows about. Now people are going to be out there searching for a podcast. That I'll join yes. the Aliens podcast. Yeah, oh, all right. No. Yeah, cool. Oh, wait, let's cool. see. Can we watch our viewer numbers? Like we can watch them live on our TV across the room. If we start yeah. talking about aliens and those numbers start skyrocketing, what do we do? Nope. <laughs> We're losing people, Ian. <laughs> no. They don't want to hear about aliens. We're losing people. All right. No aliens. All right. Fine. I don't know. I, I how okay, on a scale price. of zero to hundred percent. We didn't talk about price. Yeah, what does this mean for price? Yeah. yeah. I think this thing is going to be more expensive than a lot of people are predicting. I've seen predictions across Reddit and Twitter of something like they think the Quest 2 will be dropped down $50 and the Quest Pro will come in at $350. I think if you're looking, if the suggestions of this leaker that are backed up by the firmware findings represent what this actual product will be, and those are a lot of ifs, we need to put that on very clear that those are a lot of ifs. But if so, I think we're looking at something that's going to be north of $600, potentially even coming around to $1,000. And I, I think it's very notable that the firmware leak says Quest Pro. And earlier this year, Andrew Bosworth, who we were talking about earlier, Facebook's future CTO, the head of their AR VR efforts, specifically used the word Quest Pro. He didn't say Quest 2 Pro. And this leak doesn't say Quest 2 Pro, Quest Pro. If this is just something that is a higher-end model of Quest 2, why wouldn't it be called Quest 2 Pro? And I think the answer is because this is going to be a product that launches at a completely different tier, and all of the features of this may not even make it into a future Quest 3. I think this is Facebook's showcase and development kit for a social VR product that has face and eye tracking and the comfort to actually be in a virtual meeting in something like Workrooms for multiple hours with your facial expression and eyes brought across without having to worry about keeping it cheap and cheerful for the mass market. And so that's what I, that's what that screams to me, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to let you go first, Ian. All right. I guess I'm just going to add to this that like the war room at Facebook and Apple has to be really interesting with this chip shortage globally. If you're competing as Facebook for certain optical chips 
and they're the same ones that Apple needs, Apple's going to get them because they're going to place a larger order than Facebook is probably. But that these companies, there's people making deals at Facebook and Apple and trying to secure partnerships that are going to be big, big things in five or 10 years. And so there's just got to be such a mad dash to lock down supply chain, get these products ready. And uh, the missing piece here that Mahini and I have been going back and forth for a long time over what the next products out of Facebook look like. And Quest Pro, when he started talking about the price here being up to a thousand, that starts making the picture a little clearer where Facebook could actually come out and say this early, these are some of the things we're planning for the Quest Pro. And it's going to be a different class of VR experience. Your Quest 2 is still going to be on the market at $300 for potentially years at this point. We're working on something more and we're handing them out to devs next year. That's the same thing they've done in the past. They came out when they actually announced Quest, as I recall, they promised dev kits the following year is is what they did for that. Yeah. So I, I think that's they. The, if you come out and make it clear that this is Quest Two is still the most accessible, least expensive way to get into VR, and this is going to be a thousand dollar or six hundred dollar headset. They don't risk losing people who are going out and buying Quest Twos, and and they're reassuring people that Quest Twos are still going to be sold new for x amount of years okay i have a question for the two of you really quickly before i go on another rant first of all hi andrew king hi how you doing glad that you enjoyed our facebook story glasses episode last week as much as heaney probably did okay ian can, can <laughs> and obviously heaney too what does pro what does that word is just is that short for professional or is that short yeah. for prosumer what is it short it's for? It's evolved. I, I think it means pro, right? Pro just means yeah. in addition to the normal. It's just yeah, the next like, version of. And I think the idea is you should. That's the marker here. If their their first good software product is what TechCrunch called. I think it's what TechCrunch called workrooms. If they're looking for a product that lets you go into workrooms for long, that's what warrants the pro label. Now, I think they're going to throw a lot of other things at this, but making sure that your time spent actually doing work in VR is more enjoyable would be why you would apply that name. Give Lengthen the average time you spend in that headset. So if you're going to go spend $1,000 or $600, whatever they land on, what you've got to get out of that is the maximum amount of time like that they can comfortably put you in vr that's how valve did it with the index in my mind like uh valve you're still there's still a lot of weight on your head there's still the cable which is a pain always reminding you that you're in vr but the index is so comfortable that you would use it for a little bit longer i i hope that they really do that with the pro and i think that's what they would probably go for with that pro name now that said is this the device to go buy if you want to go play Space Pride Arena out in a, you know, broad daylight? Maybe that's what will happen. Yeah, when, when I was, this is so silly, and I apologize for this silly anecdote, but when I was in high school, I worked at a grocery store, and I remember when there was like, like Mr. Clean, and then Advanced Mr. Clean came out. 
and they were both on the shelf. And I thought, well, why do you still sell regular Mr. Clean? Who is going to buy regular Mr. Clean if for another 50 cents you can get advanced Mr. Clean? Yet both products sold. There was a 50 cent difference. Now, obviously, we're talking about technology here. There's going to be well more than 50 cents in difference. But when the Pro comes out, who's going to go buy the, and I guess I, I own a PS4 Pro. I bought that because I had the extra money to spend to get the better performance for PSVR. But people are still buying the other one because it has now become the budget brand, the budget model. I, I don't know. Heaney, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think people who want to just play VR games are going to buy Quest 2 for $300 or whatever happens to its pricing. And people who d don't care about face and eye tracking, with face and eye tracking, as suggested in these leaks, if they are what is in the product, only really matter to people who are using this for virtual meetings and for, obviously, if it was the same price, people would get it. Are you going to pay hundreds of dollars extra just for these extra sensors? If you're not in virtual meetings, if you just want to play Beat Saber or Population One or Onward, does it really matter if it can track your face for, for all this extra money? And if you can, with these cameras, sorry, with these controllers, put them behind your back, does it justify that cost? It's, it is the pricing and the kind of cost of these sensors that makes that differentiation. And Carmack himself was skeptical of the idea of a pro earlier in the year. And I think his comments and his exact phrasing are actually quite interesting. He says, I'm happy to have a pro model that goes off and explores every sensor in the kitchen sink, but I think you'll only have one-tenth of the users. And I also think that's maybe why Facebook could launch a pro next year if they do plan to. Again, all we know about the pro is that it won't launch this year. Andrew Bosworth said in earlier in the year, he said, it's not going to happen this year. So if they do want to launch it next year amid the current supply chain crisis, the fact that there may be only a few hundred thousand people buying something like this, or maybe even less, depending on the price, means that they can still launch this product without having to worry about that because the scale is so low that they can readily get the components for it. What this new product does is it establishes another user tier. It, it, it establishes the fact that if you just want normal VR regular everyday vr you go spend 300 bucks or if they lower the price 259 whatever on the regular but if you want the pro and i'll tell you what i think facebook should do is i think that they should actually stop subsidizing the hardware for this pro model and actually charge what it's worth charge well, what so it I, costs I, I or wait subsidize so selling at cost and subsidizing below cost and then actually taking a profit off of the hardware are dramatically different things depending on how you cut the yeah like slice the money up like facebook but think is of the value so of having research. those having the value of having those products out in the ecosystem uh, even if it's only a hundred thousand people that's a hundred thousand people with all of that uh, sensor input in teaching them what send all of send it feedback back to make the product better i think that they should sell it at cost and if that ends up being 6.99 then well, so be it. All right, so this is where it starts getting really interesting, where if you take Heaney's sort of deduction here and piecing everything together as even close to what might happen, if it's going to be somewhere between six and 600 and 1,000, let's say, what does that mean for the bundling of controllers? If the controllers themselves are more costly to make, do they get sold by default in a package 
when Facebook announces Quest Pro, do they sell it with the controllers at first? And then do they later sell an option that has no controllers? Or do they sell at the outset no controllers and controllers? Is the market ready for that kind of confusion over there being like a controllerless version and a controller version? And if these controllers are better, what are the chances they work with the Quest 2? So what's interesting in the leaks is that Samulia, the original Redditor who posted these specs that were then found in the firmware, said that these the side sensors, so just to remember, there, there are apparently three sensors on, the, on this headset's exterior, a high-resolution color camera in the middle, and then on the sides, you have these near-infrared cameras, but with laser pattern projectors. And it's, Samulia claimed that these laser pattern projectors are able to be used for hand tracking in the similar way that iPhone's Face ID projects a pattern on your face for the camera to sense depth. They think that might be used for hand tracking. And the other possibility is that it's used to assist these controllers tracking. So rather than the controllers having the the perfect simultaneous location and mapping in the way that a headset does, because they're moving so quickly, what may happen and this is just speculating based on these leaks is that the headset on each side projects out a specific pattern notes where that pattern falls then the controllers track themselves relative to those laser patterns transmit their position back to the headset and from that relative position the headset can figure out where the controllers are if that's the case these controllers wouldn't be able to work with quest 2 but if that is the case the hand tracking should also be much higher quality. So it's very possible that Facebook could sell this headset without the controllers because I don't think it's a matter of market confusion that prevents it from happening. I think it's the quality of hand tracking. We're using hand tracking here now. And as you can see, if we include the hands, one of them disappears and I can, by putting it at the right angle, make them both disappear. If I move it very quickly or try to mesh my hands together, it's a lot better than it used to be. And it actually, it's very impressive compared to what it used to be. But if I'm trying, I can still quite easily break it. And if I was trying to do some sort of intricate interaction or pointed something in the right way or maybe pick up some virtual objects in in hand lab it would be very obvious that this is not up to par to controllers so if facebook can deliver a quest pro that uses this expensive hardware to deliver good hand tracking not only can that be a better dev kit for future hand tracking applications but it does mean that they could offer it to businesses without controllers because i think one of the Did, did you turn him off? Did you hit the uh, I didn't turn him maybe? off. I thought my battery died. That's a hell of a find out your... I yeah, lost like, track. Oh, wait, he's back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought, funny enough, I, I thought think my I world have... died. I was waiting for my world to power down, the darkness to come, and... It, you know what it was? speaking to me, Kyle. It, it was aliens. It was aliens. <laughs> they, the aliens came down, Heaney, and got you. It's aliens. I think I included the cameras so much with my hand tracking test that the, the tracking actually knocked out, so... Yeah, but all I was going to say was that we haven't talked yet about the, you can argue about the semantics of pro, but one of the meanings for pro could be the fact that this thing is pitched towards enterprise and the same kind of companies that would buy a HoloLens for certain applications or some other mixed reality. Because remember, if that claim about the color, the 4K color sensor in the front, the 4K color camera in in front is true. And that was by both that leaker and found in the firmware. This thing's going to be able to do 
mixed reality. We haven't even talked about that and what's possible there. So it, it'll be interesting to see what this product really is. Yeah, and enterprise, as many of us know, can put a couple zeros in the end of a cost of something. It's very true and very relevant. Oh boy, I don't know. All sorts of fun rumors and things like that. We've talked for quite a bit here, and I think that there's plenty to discuss in the future comments of this video. How many of you come back and rewatch these and then leave kind of permanent comments? Because, you know, you can do that. You can come back and rewatch this video, even though you sat here and watched it live. Because all the live chat disappears. So if you've said something super relevant, you should come back, rewatch the whole video from beginning to end, and then make a comment. That's, that's what I recommend doing. So, Ian, as we wrap up this episode, any final thoughts any uh, new, fun, exciting things? Yeah, summer, summer is, is over. Yeah, wake and me up. Holiday when season has ends. begun. Yeah, and we're things are heating up, and it's only going to get bigger over these coming weeks. So yeah. come back to us. We're going to uh, try to keep up with it as best as we can. But it's we saw people in the comments here talking about Oculus Go getting basically opened open up source. for rooting. We'll get into that. Not open sourced, open for rooting. Um. But we'll we'll get into that next week. Uh, so, like, you can do things if you've got, I've got an old Oculus Go, and we should probably do a story of five things to do with your old dead Oculus. Go. I've got two of them sitting. I've got one still mint in a box. <laughs> As Carmack said, I, I saved one mint in the box. Yeah. So it is end of summer, fall has begun. We're talking about doing a pumpkin spice theme on the Upload VR website. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and tweet to us. <laughs> Ian's looking at me. I can actually feel him coming through his avatar. He's looking at me like, is he serious? A pumpkin spice. You must have a quest, bro. Yeah. yeah, it's I can feel it. I can feel the heat. Uh, I mean, how, yeah, no, I'm 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 kidding. We're not gonna I, that, I mean but, okay, I'm gonna if if Bosworth watches this, I'm just gonna invite him on. Come on in here in your quest pro, use the Oculus APIs, just surprise us one day and do work it out with Heaney. Don't tell us, and just suddenly show up here with face eye tracking and Show us what it's all about. Yeah, I can't think of a better demonstration for how that Quest Pro is going to be use, usable for that. I'm putting like my dev hat on. Yeah, put a dev hat on here and <laughs> thinking about what Heaney has Heaney to do to update it. the avatars yeah, and all it. of that uh, just to make that happen. <laughs> Heaney just disappears off the you know grid. He's been flown to Facebook headquarters and put in a corner and uh, locked away. They put his cell phone in a metal bag and... Yeah, that's yep. what he's doing for a week and a half. Yep. Yeah, the, the whole thing in a Faraday cage. Yep, yep. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, this has uh, been a wonderful, fantastic episode, as always. And thank you to all of you regulars and you news noobs. I don't want to say noobs. It's derogatory. Thank you for listening and watching in the chat. Yes, you're great. Like, subscribe, share. How about the share button? Maybe you should share this onto your Facebook page or your twitters or your insta snada chapograms uh do that share it let your friends know you're having a blast in here talking listening to us and talking with each other bring your friends in this is the party this is the place to be on mondays at whatever time <laughs> whatever the google go. decides whatever right. youtube what? decides noon, noon pacific time uh unless <laughs> ian or i or heaney decide otherwise <laughs> hey it's arbitrary it's definitely Monday, except for when it's on Wednesdays. <laughs> oh, and Thank don't you, forget Skiva. on Thursdays. Yes. Ah, yes. Skiva and uh, James and Abzar. I see that. Sampler19. Hi. Hello. How are you? Yes. Wonderful to 
have all these people in here interacting with us. Like I said, Thursday is the game show. Hopefully, you yeah, know, it's gonna be a big one. It's gonna be yeah. a real oh, big. Oh, it's gonna be a big one. A lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, here it comes the wave, the next wave of VR, AR, XR, MR, PRQ, all the no, R's. Don't do it, no, Kyle. Don't. You were doing fine. Why did you go through all the acronyms? No, all, all the no. R's. No. All right. Well, then should I just say metaverse in the metaverse? Yeah. All right. Anyway, hey, thank you all very much for watching. We'll see you in the future. So long. Bye bye. bye. Enjoy the metaverse. Bye. Until next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.